0: Welcome to the Key and Mang Audio Experience, where you're here from two up-and-coming therapists looking to enhance the lives of listeners by addressing health, wealth, lifestyle, and overall growth. Tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the Key and Mang Audio Experience. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang Audio Experience. I'm your host, Mang, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Key. Key, what's good?
1: What's up, Mang? How you doing?
0: I'm chilling. Can't complain. Um, so for today's episode, we're talking about something that I think kind of permeates throughout the, throughout the world and whatever setting you're in, um, imposter syndrome. I know it's something that I've dealt with It's something you've dealt with and we've kind of been able to help each other kind of get through it, but we just kind of wanted to have a discussion about imposter syndrome, what, how we define it, um, specific instances and how we kind of tips to kind of manage imposter syndrome as a whole and in the healthcare field for us. So. Key, i'm gonna send it to you like what is imposter syndrome in in your ass
1: um i think imposter syndrome is basically doubting your capabilities and like feeling like a fraud in i guess your job i would say like for me um I, sometimes i feel like as a pt i like think i feel like a fake pt because sometimes i don't know certain things um so basically that's what imposter syndrome is is having doubts about your abilities and feeling like you aren't where you, you are supposed to be, you aren't supposed to be where you currently are.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. I think it's, it's crazy because we go through all the schools and we're supposed to get like this baseline entry level of knowledge to be able to go out into the field and and do our job. But um, even with the schooling that we get and all the new technology that comes out and all the new evidence and things like that, we still don't feel like we're ready to, to go out to the real world so to say. So I think it's, I I agree. I I think um, it's like you're, you're qualified for the position that you have. You just have doubts about your ability to complete it, whether it's because you're new, whether it's because you're learning something new and having to try it out for the first time, or you just don't think you can do it. That's kind of how I kind of define imposter syndrome in in my, in my own words there.
1: How do you, how do you kind of work through that? So like having that feeling?
0: Um, it is something I've had to work on a lot. Actually, I think it's, there's a couple of things that I found that worked for me during my last clinical experience, because it was kind of the same thing. Now you got patients kind of looking at you like you're supposed to know what you're doing. They don't even know, sometimes they don't even know you're a student and they're just like, oh, you're a therapist, like, you know what you're doing. Um, so for me, I would kind of just talk with my, my, my team members, my, uh, my CI or the other therapists around that, um, around the clinic and hey, this is what I saw, this is what I did. Would you have done anything differently? Do you see anything that I missed? I'm kind of just trying to like recap and reflect on uh, that situation at hand. And then, so after you'd, I'd have those discussions, I'd go home and like, I kept a journal of every single patient that I had and what I did with them and kind of what worked well, what didn't work as well and what I wanna do for next time. So then I'd talk about those things that we kind of talked about as a recap to um, at at the end of the day. And that's kind of how I went about it. And so I'd have that, that notebook um, of entries. So the next time I saw that person, he'd be like, okay, this worked well. This is what so-and-so suggested I look at. And this is what I'm going to try today, see how it goes. And kind of just trying to fill in the gaps and not try and go through it all alone, because I think that it's important to be able to collaborate with your team members and have, able to have open discussion like that because it's all a learning opportunity at the end of the day if i'm not trying to be better for my patients and learn from the next experience and what am i really doing i'm gonna be the same person i am now five years from now that's not what i want so that's kind of how i went about it
1: right i i definitely agree and i kind of like that you said the collaboration because as a new grad a lot of times we feel like we should know certain things so we're kind of scared to ask but I still think like you should ask. Like I still ask my um, like Boston my colleagues for advice on certain things because a lot of a lot of stuff that we see we haven't really saw before. Like although we went through schooling and stuff, most people that come in the door are not what you see in the textbook. So just being able to like ask about your treatment plans and ask if they think you did the right thing and what they would do differently um, definitely goes a long way. But I also think that keeping that journal helps you um, be prepared for the next time because although every patient is different, like you're going to encounter a similar situation and being able to like answer somebody's questions um, like on the spot the next time around, kind of build your confidence and also increase the patient's buying with you. And I think that'll help you, help you from feeling imposter syndrome going forward. <clears throat> so I think a lot of it just comes with repetitions, but if you're not preparing to go through those repetitions um with more confidence then you're never gonna like improve so it kind of goes both ways like being prepared for it to happen again and um just being comfortable not knowing something when it does happen and and then just reassessing and making sure you do know it next time that was a long-winded thought
0: but speaking of i know i I agree um but you kind of mentioned that um as a like people aren't don't follow the textbooks, but you can have um, similar presentations based on your previous experience and just just about getting reps. Do you have, do you find that as a new grad, like working right now, that it's hard for you to say, I don't know what's going on to a patient that's in front of you?
1: Um, No, I, I'm not going to lie. At first, I would find it hard to say, I don't know, because I feel like patients are looking for you to know exactly what they're asking for. But now I kind of tell patients that like there's a lot of uncertainty in just life. Like I kind of frame it that way. Like, cause like one of the things that I had trouble saying, I don't know about was patients coming in with like their imaging results and like kind of tying it to their pain. And so I would sort of just say, just because you have like this on imaging, it doesn't really equate to this type of pain. So we really don't know But the best thing to do is to like kind of, See what is working for you, and then go from there. Like basically, basically treat your symptoms. So I kind of get the buy-in that way. So I don't say that I don't know. I just say like in general, like your doctor doesn't know, I don't know, you don't know, like nobody knows. Like I kind of do it that way to kind of take the blame off of me, and um, I feel more comfortable doing that. But um, so now I kind of like try to frame it that way. If, if it's a situation I can't do, I'll just say I don't know, but then I can get you the answer, and I feel like they appreciate that. <clears throat>
0: Do you feel like it's like what if there's a patient where they want an answer? What is causing my shoulder pain? And you're you try to you know give that kind of global approach of could be a bunch of factors that play into this uh, sleep, nutrition, stress, all that stuff. But right. they're like, nah, something is wrong with my shoulder. Like, how do you go about that if you've had experiences like that? Um
1: times like that I tell them that we did like a thorough evaluation and we ruled out any like sinister pathology Um, like all the red flags like I would tell them like if you were having like pain at night or like pain in your sleep um, different red flags then it would be something more concerning but for right now you're like you're not experiencing any anything that would cause you to need to see like a specialist or something so I think that provides comfort even though that don't, that doesn't give them a direct answer because it's hard to know what is exactly causing pain mm-hmm. so but i think it's hard for patients to wrap their head around that but if you could tell them like you rolled out all red flags i think you're like okay nothing is like seriously wrong with me
0: mm-hmm. no I, I
1: have of go about it that way
0: I, I like that i like that i feel like um for for me i think that's something that i had to learn like as I went through my experience and started having my own patients, um, not having an answer to everything is okay. But I think, like you said, um, trying to find the answer, whether it's on your own time or the next time you see them, and and trying to put in the extra effort to 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 find the answer to that question, because you know they're they're coming to you, they trust you, and you know they they want to know that you're invested in, in them and them getting back to what they're trying to do, and I think that's it's an important thing like you don't have to have all the answers but make the effort to try and get find the answer and if you can't then you know you, you tell them what you found then you ask somebody else maybe they have a different experience um i think it, i think that's important something i had to learn because i always feel like i would get mad flustered when someone asked me a question i don't know the answer to so you try and say something just to, to say something don't know if it's true or not but uh just try and the people are always like fake it till you make it sound call i i hate that fake it till you make it so i'm just like well that's that's not really helping me build my confidence in myself as a as a person as a clinician so i'm just trying to be more upfront with what uh what mistakes i'm making but also knowing what i do know and solidifying that and and trying to you know just kind of bridge the the missing areas that i've of knowledge or whatever it may
1: be right definitely um speaking of that when I go throughout my day at at work like we walk around while we, we scroll around with the little laptop desk and I have a sticky note and it'll be things I need to look up at the end of the week and like since I'm working with a lot of post-ops I'll get things that we did not talk about in class like why does my why do I feel like this in this part of my knee after surgery and it's been like 13 weeks out, am I supposed to feel that? Like we don't talk about none of those things in school. So like I'll write down all these questions and then I'll ask one of my um, coworkers because they have more experience. And then I'll write the answer down and then also like read more into it and then try to like go through like how I would respond to that question if the person asked me again. Because in my clinic, I'm gonna keep seeing those um, surgeries. So I might as well like get comfortable doing that. And I feel like that kind of helps me feel like I'm not a fraud, and I actually like am a good PT. I mean, I know I am, but like it kind of like solidifies that, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that so, something that you always do, or is that something just when you got to this new spot that you started implementing?
1: I started doing that on my um, last clinical, just because my CI would have me like read articles, and it'll be an article that would be um like relevant to like a patient i'll be seeing the next day so i would have to i would have questions about the article and like how we would apply it to the patient so i would just write it down and and ask him and then kind of like kind of learn about it on my own so i started that like on that clinical and then i just kept up with it ever since it's been helpful but I realized I only do that with things I'm genuinely interested in because I didn't do that on like my acute care rotation. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't really do that in the classes in the school that I wasn't interested in. So um, as long as I'm like very like invested in it, I will do that and like kind of find the answers. So that's kind of why I feel like I'm in the right spot, like right setting. So um, that's my way of kind of reflecting and figuring out what I need to review and trying to get better at answering certain questions and learning more
0: with those little like steps, like writing down what you got to look at for the next week and practicing how you'd answer the questions and stuff. Do you feel like since you graduated and started working, like your confidence as a PT has, has it grown? Has it stayed the same? Has it decreased?
1: I feel like it's grown, but then it fluctuates. Like depending on what I'm seeing that day, um, I'll feel like, damn, like, I don't, I don't really know how this patient is supposed to be presenting because I haven't seen it before. Like, and I'll kind of like try to prepare, but like but so much I can do to prepare. But I do know that I have enough knowledge to determine whether or not somebody is appropriate for physical therapy. And as long as I do that, like, if I, as long as I do that on the eval, I can always reassess things as the patient keeps coming in so like that kind of helps my confidence but i feel like it fluctuates like sometimes i feel very confident other times i feel like what the hell are you doing like (laughs) you shouldn't be a (laughs) PC." but um, i feel like it goes in waves and i feel like that's that should be everybody i feel like you should always be on like this high horse Mm
0: -hmm. no i agree What, what about you um i mean it's tough right now because i'm not in the clinic right now but um, confidence was, I think, towards the end of my rotation, it started to go up just because I understood the responsibility that was coming on. Like, I was going to have my own people and do my own evals and stuff. And and having the assurance that um, my team members are always going to be there. Like, I can go grab something and then go ask them something real quick before going back to the person. So I think that helped my confidence a lot. And, and uh, just knowing, understanding that I prepared as best as I could for the the situation at hand, um, I knew what I would be looking for. I knew red flags to rule in, rule out for whatever the condition that I was going supposed to be seeing. Um, and then just trying to remember to to be myself and be curious. And I think that kind of just helped me throughout my experience. And I hope to just kind of build on that as I see more and as I you know, get more experience, get more reps in and, and kind of just able to see more things. Hopefully kind of I can imagine the same things going to happen where you feel kind of confident about certain things. And then other things you are like going down and trying to bring yourself back up. So I think it's kind of going to go similar as to what you've experienced so far.
1: Yep, I agree. But I think that as long as you. It's gonna come the confidence is gonna come with the reps, but you can't just go through it like going through the motions. Like you have to be prepared to do those reps. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people think like, oh, if I do this over and over, um eventually I'll get good at it. No, like you have to actually like prepare to do it. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what we're doing with the like reflecting and like asking questions, um, and like seeking out different resources on our own.
0: Yeah, I mean, shitty practice, shitty results Like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Basically.
1: Okay, so I have a question. So even though you feel confident in your knowledge, say you feel like you know most things you should know, do you think you can still have imposter syndrome despite feeling confident in your knowledge?
0: Yeah, no, I think you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you're interacting with somebody and maybe you, like, mess up on explaining something or you say the wrong thing um the perception of how you feel the person is responding to what you're saying i think can cause imposter syndrome so if i was like if i had all the knowledge in the world about the shoulder and the per i messed up something up and i hesitated or something or i stuttered and then the patient like made a face i'd be like oh she doesn't think i know what i'm doing am I a fraud because I just messed up? Uh, she doesn't trust me and what I'm going to be able to, to plan out for her plan of care and all that thing. So I think that kind of, you can have all knowledge and just make a simple mistake, but then the perception of what other people are thinking about you can get in your head and that can um, impact your you moving forward, I feel like.
1: That actually happened to be like <laughs> a couple months ago. I was trying to explain something. This was happening all day, actually, with all my patients, but like I just kept getting like, tied up with my words and I would like stutter. I don't know what was going on with me that day, but I felt like so dumb that <laughs> I'm like, yo, these patients probably think like, why is she my PT? <laughs> but I, def- I definitely agree with that. Cause I, I felt confident. It's just that I couldn't talk that day. So um, mm-hmm. whoever saw me that day, I'm sorry, but I'm better now.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, a similar thing happened at my first clinical rotation. Um, my I would be asking me all these kind of questions and I like knew the answer, but she just made me like nervous. It was very, very intimidating. Um, and so I just like flustered she was like, you say like and kind of a lot. And I'm like, I normally don't, but I'm just like, in my head I was like, I normally don't, but I'm just, you're kind of intimidating. And, and, and so I was like, I felt like I couldn't be myself around her cause she was like always on my neck and then she like never, she didn't really like trust me like that. Cause I didn't have, I didn't answer her questions fast enough. And I, so I was like, I know what we're talking about here. It's just, it was just a, like a comfort kind of thing. And I think it like affected my performance kind of earlier on. And then as it kind of went on, I almost started like ignoring her <laughs> and just like forgetting she was there. And that helped me just get in my own little zone. And then kind of just rock with it but yeah that was I think for thinking about as you were talking I was like oh that similar thing kind of happened to me too
1: yeah I feel like that goes back like that reminds me of PT school like right now I can do an eval confidence hell, but if I had to do a school practical again with a teacher watching me I would probably mess up on a stupid thing just because they're there like I don't know I feel like when you're in your head like that you kind of do mess up and it can Mm -hmm. make you feel like an imposter but I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> All right. So just to recap, um, a couple of tips that you can use to kind of deal with imposter syndrome would be reflecting, um, trying to fill in the gaps in your knowledge so if you find that there's um, something that you're always struggling with, like trying to talk to coworkers, peers, mentors about uh, what you can do better or like kind of how to find information on that. And then just being prepared if you have time to prepare for like a patient that's coming in or a situation you know you're gonna encounter do your best to prepare for that so that you don't feel like an imposter going in like you feel very confident and um that'll definitely help you along the way and then keep doing that over time you'll feel um a lot more confident in yourself on a daily basis and especially in your like day-to-day um job whatever job you're in Mm
0: -hmm. i I would say also say like have a place that you can go back and look back at you know your your wins um because it's not like day to day is going to be hard and notice the little ones that you make but over time if you record them and you go back and be like oh I was here at one point now I'm here now I'm here now I'm headed towards here and just being able to see the growth that you made I think helps you continue to to push on when when things get way harder and and so having you know that Proof that you need, or objectives, stuff that you need to, to know that you're heading in the right direction. I think is also a good thing to keep in mind.
1: Right, because it does feel like you're not making any progress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the small wins are definitely key. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Last panel <laughs> <all> was there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> per usual. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. Don't forget to like. Comment, subscribe, right
0: man. Uh, Of course, and we'll catch y'all on the next one.
1: All righty, see you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the KMang Audio Experience. Make sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and review, and we'll catch you in the next episode.